This morning, let's take our Bibles and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. Second Corinthians chapter number four, and we're going to be in verses three and four here. Paul says here, writing this under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit here, he says, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. And here's, here's the text verse. And whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. One of my greatest struggles as a pastor and as a preacher of the gospel is to see folks who know that they're lost continue on in their sinful ways. And they may even see the need for salvation, but they take, don't take care of it. They don't do anything to get saved. They know they're sinners. They know the gospel, but they refuse to get right with God. They refuse the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why is it that some people won't get saved? That's the question that has been posed both to me and by me many times in my ministry. Usually it's right after I've given a clear presentation of the gospel to a person who admits to being lost. Sometimes it may be after I've preached a clear presentation of the gospel and folks who are admittedly lost stay in their seats and don't do anything about it. Isaiah 45 verse 22, the Lord says, Look unto me, and be ye saved all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is none else. The Lord says that all the ends of the earth should look to Him for salvation. People can't get saved unless they look to the Lord. But there are multitudes that will look everywhere but to the Lord. And why is that? Well, understand that there are reasons given in the Bible of why folks won't get saved. And I want to just share just one of those reasons this morning. This is a two-part message. We're going to take a look at part one. Lord willing, this morning we'll take a look at part two of it next Sunday morning. But many folks won't get saved and won't look to the Lord because they have been blinded by Satan. That's what our text says there in verse number 4. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Now, for the rest of the message, I want us to turn to Genesis chapter number 3 and, and give you a real-life example of this happening in the very beginning. Because this, uh, this happens, it's, uh, uh, it happened in the beginning with Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve uh, uh, were blinded by Satan. I want us to see this morning a couple of things. Uh, Satan, first of all, blinds people by deceit. When we know that Satan deceived Eve in the Garden of Eden. Satan gets people to question God's authority. Let's, let's read the, the verses I want to deal with. Uh, verse number 1, Genesis chapter number 3, verse number 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? 
And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And with that little act of eating, the forbidden fruit plunged all of mankind into what the mess that we find ourselves in today. Uh, Dealing with uh, the consequences of sin. Satan gets people to question God's authority. There in verse number 1, the very first thing that we see is, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, here it is, Yea, hath God said, question the word of God. Yea, hath God said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Listen, God's word is his authority. God had given Adam and Eve just one commandment. Think about it. Just one commandment. You would think that they could keep just one commandment. God had said to Adam and Eve that they could freely eat of the tree of the garden, all the trees that were there, and you know, every tree that was good for fruit was in there. He said, You got the liberty to eat any from any of those except the one tree. And he forbid them to eat that. Now some may question, well, why did God do that? Listen, God's God. He can do whatever He wants to do. Amen? And who are we to question God about what He does or doesn't do? When Satan came to Eve by way of the serpent, the first thing out of his mouth was to question about God's Word. Yea, hath God said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Satan questioned God's authority. And still today, he gets people to question God's authority. There's some no other notable examples of this in Scripture. Exodus chapter number 5, verse number 2. I don't have you turn there, but Pharaoh is there. And Pharaoh said to Moses, Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I know not the Lord, neither will I let Israel go. Now he didn't think that what God said applied to him. But it did apply to him. In 2 Kings chapter 18, there was a king named Sennacherib. He was the king of Assyria. And he invaded Judah, and he was uh, seeking to terrify the defenders of Jerusalem, and sent a fellow by the name of Rabshakeh to speak these words to King Hezekiah of Judah. In 2 Kings 18 verse 19, he says, What confidence is this wherein thou trustest? He knew that Hezekiah was trusting in the Lord. He said, well, what is this confidence that, you are, that, you, that you're trusting? In other words, uh, your God's not going to do you any good. In fact, he pretty much laid out that uh, he had been able to overcome all the gods of the other lands that he invaded. He said, your God's no different than those gods. Well, he was wrong about that because there's only but one God, and that is the one Lord God of the Bible. Sennacherib, And his associates continued to blaspheme God and question God's authority. 
In fact, in 2 Kings 18 and 19, uh, you, you can see that, uh, that blasphemy taking place. In 2 Kings 19, verse 10, he says, Let not that thy God in whom thou trustest deceive thee. He's saying, you know, you're being deceived by God. You know, if you're, if you're not listening to me, you're being deceived by God. We're going to come in there and we're going to wipe you fellas out. Well, it didn't happen. Hezekiah prayed to God and God answered his prayer. The angel of the Lord killed 185,000 Assyrians that night. Then Sennacherib's own sons killed him with a sword as he was worshiping in the house of his God. Whose God failed? It was Sennacherib's God. Our God will never fail. It is not wise to question God's authority. There are many today who think that God's law doesn't apply to them. And so they think they don't need Jesus. Listen, we're we're all lawbreakers. There's not a one of us that are in here that could say, "I, I keep God's law in its entirety. I am a law keeper. Even if you just took God's top ten, the Ten Commandments, it wouldn't take very long for us to realize one by one that we have broken one or more of God's commandments. You break one, you broke the whole law. And so, you know, Satan gets people to, to question God's authority. Let's not question God's authority. Satan gets people to question God's judgment. Look there in verse number 4. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. <laughs> Wait a minute. What did God tell Adam? God said, In the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. That's found in chapter number 2 there in verse number 17. But of the tree of not the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. So basically, uh, Satan uh, got Eve to question whether God was going to follow through on his judgment or not. Satan questions God's judgment today in various ways. Satan will tell folks, listen, God won't judge sin. Listen to what Paul had to say to a group of pagan philosophers as he viewed their idols. They had all kinds of idols there on Mars Hill and, and even had one, in case they left out a god, one to the unknown god. And Paul said in Acts 17, verse 30 and 31, it says, And the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. Because he hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance to all men, and that he hath raised him from the dead. Remember when Jesus was alive uh, walking the earth during his earthly ministry, and and uh, the he he told that uh, he was going to be the one that was going to be judging, that he would sit in the throne of judgment, that his father gave him the abilities to sit in that judgment. Well, when they took his life on the cross of Calvary, you know, and killed him, they probably thought, "Take that, you, you that think you're going to judge me." But in three days, the Lord arose from the grave. And that assured us and assured all men that truly He will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom He's ordained. And Jesus said He had been the one ordained to give judgment. Satan will tell folks, there's no hell. 
In fact, some have believed the lie that Luke 16, verses 19 through 31, uh, about the rich man and Lazarus. A lot of folks you will hear call that a parable. It's not a parable. It's a true story. It's a story that the Lord told, but it's not a parable. When, when Jesus was telling parables, He would say this is a parable. And nobody, He didn't use uh, names in parables. Lazarus was named there in the parable. Some believe that hell is just the grave. But that's not it either. Satan will tell folks there is no such thing as hell. Satan will tell folks there's no eternal torment. You just burn up. Jesus described hell this way in Mark 9, verse 44 through 48. At twice he calls it the fire that never shall be quenched. Two times. Three times he said... uh, it is a place where their worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Jesus himself described this place called hell. Revelation chapter 20 verse number 10 says, And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are. And it says this of him, And shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. And then shortly thereafter you'll find those that are standing before the great white throne judgment are cast in there. Amen? Sad day. Satan will tell folks, well, you know, hell is here on the earth. I, we may sometimes see a trial get tough for someone on earth, even might get tough for us. Someone refers to it as, well, you know, I've got, I'm, I'm living hell on earth. But listen, Jesus spoke of a hell beyond earth and beyond time. And that should give us a great deal to think about. I'm not going to deny that life gets tough at times and that some people live and die in some extremely bad circumstances of life. When that happens, some folks want to blame God. They do. You ever heard anybody blame God for the, for the uh, evil things that were taking place in their life? The circumstances they face? Listen, you ought to blame Satan. Satan's the one uh, that brought deception there in the Garden of Eden, causing men to fall and brought all the evil that we see on. Who's responsible? Satan's responsible. He's going to be judged. And if, he, if he's judged, those that are his can be judged also. Those that live after him. No matter how bad it gets here, It is not as bad as hell will be. And no matter how much one may suffer in this life, it won't keep them from going to hell and experiencing it if they leave this world without Christ. What else does Satan tell folks? Satan will tell folks there are no eternal consequences to your sin. I've heard some people laugh at the very idea of hell, but I can assure you that hell is no laughing matter. People may laugh themselves into hell, but they can never laugh or cry themselves out of hell. Satan will tell folks, well, you know, you can get by with your sin. God's not going to judge your sin. You can get by with sin. Numbers 32.23, Behold, you have sinned against the Lord, and be sure your sin will find you out. It may appear to folks that they're getting by with their sin, but judgment is yet to come. Ezekiel 18.4 says, The soul that sinneth it shall die. Satan will tell folks, 
Christians don't even believe in hell. And the sad part is, many who call themselves Christians say they believe in hell with their lips, but their lives show something entirely different. And Satan knows this. There was a fellow by the name of Charlie Peace. He was a criminal in England. And on the day he was being taken to his execution, he listened to a minister reading from the Word of God. When he found out that he was reading about heaven and hell, he looked at the preacher and said, quote, Sir, if I believe what you and the church of God say, and even if England were covered with broken glass from coast to coast, I will walk over it on hands and knees and think it worthwhile living just to save one soul from an eternal hell like that. What was he speaking of? Speaking of folks' indifference and apathy. Satan gets people to question God's authority and judgment. Satan gets people to question God's goodness. Look at Genesis 3 there in verse number 5. He says, For God doth know. In other words, God's holding out on you, is what Satan was implying here. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. He was questioning God's goodness there. What Satan was implying is that God was holding out something from Adam and Eve. And since the Garden of Eden, when man fell, man's heart has been deceitful because of sin. Jeremiah 17 verse number 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Listen, Satan will use man's heart to blame God for things that are not God's fault. Satan gets folks to blame God for death. <laughs> Where did death come from? Romans 5.12 says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Death came because of Adam. Who got Adam to sin? Adam and Eve. Who got him to sin? Satan. Huh? Satan will get folks to blame God for disease. You know, there were no diseases before man sinned in the Garden of Eden. There were none. Satan will get folks to blame God for disasters. But there were no disasters before man sinned in the Garden of Eden. Famine, pestilences, earthquakes, tornadoes, hurricanes, typhoons, floods, and wildfires, all of that stuff came after man sinned. Satan will get folks to blame God for disappointments. But there were no disappointments before Satan tempted Eve. Satan will get folks to blame God for despair. Remember Job's wife in the midst of Job's suffering? In Job 2, verse 9 and 10, Then said his wife unto him, Dost thou still retain thine integrity? Curse God and die. I mean, this man just lost ten children. He lost all of his wealth. And he lost his health. Do you retain your integrity? Curse God and die, is what she said. Just give up and die. Blame God for the despair. But Job said, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God, and shall we not receive evil? And all this did not Job sin with his lips. Listen, there was no despair before Satan 
showed up in the garden. And by the way, there will be none of those things in heaven. All of those things I've mentioned, disease, disasters, disappointments, despair, be none in heaven. If you're going to heaven, you'll be, you'll be uh, taken out of the place where you find those things. This place called earth. Jesus is mankind's only hope of ever living in an environment totally free from the effects of sin. Satan blinds people by deceit. And I want you to see, second of all, Satan blinds people by depression. By depression. Satan uses the consequences of sin to get people depressed and to make them think that God doesn't love them or, or that God cannot save them. Many of you know that I preached in the prison ministry up in Middle Tennessee for nine and a half years prior to getting back into uh, pastoring. And during those nine and a half years, I had the opportunity to preach to a, uh, a good number of inmates there. And we saw the Lord do some great things in their lives. But there were also some cases like the one I'm going to mention here. In the, in, in the uh, ministry there in Nashville, Tennessee, we, we had services on Sunday morning at Riverbend Maximum Security Prison. And I remember one morning as I was preaching the Word of God, a fellow was visiting in our service. And he was sitting on the very back, and as I preached, he wept. He was weeping over and over again, and I approached him after the service and talked to him, and I said, you need to come to know the Lord. He said, well, the Lord can't save me. You don't understand what I've done. I said, it doesn't matter. God can save you from whatever sin that you have committed. And I used the Word of God to try to get him to understand that he could be saved, that he could have forgiveness of sin. It's sad to say that he didn't trust the Lord that morning, and he didn't come back. Some people believe that God couldn't possibly love them. Satan tries to get mankind to believe that God couldn't possibly love them, but the Word of God is clear. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. 1 John 3.16 says, Hereby perceive we the love of God, because He laid down His life for us. Listen, if you think that God doesn't love you, all you need to do is look at what He did on the cross. The cross of Calvary proves the love of God for each and every one of us. All of us came into this world sinners. All of us came into the world needing a Savior. God sent us a Savior. And He died on the cross and He shed His precious blood so that we could be saved. 1 John 4 9 says, And this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. And Romans 5 8, But God commended His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were sinners, Christ died. Some people believe that God couldn't possibly save them. Not only couldn't possibly love them, but they couldn't possibly save them. Satan wants you to believe this lie. However, God's Word says in 2 Peter 3, 9 that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Doesn't matter who you, who you are this morning. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter how egregious your sin might be. The Lord wants to see you get saved and 
come to heaven one day. 1 Timothy 2.4 says that he would have all men to be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth. But the sad part about it is not, not everybody's going to get saved. The provision is there. God provided a way for folks to go. But not everyone will trust him. Why won't people get saved? Because Satan blinds them. Blinds them by deceit and blinds them by depression. Now let me ask in closing here that um, if you are without Christ this morning, have any of the scales fallen from your eyes and allowed you to see how that Satan has blinded you? There are all kinds of excuses that one can make for not coming to Christ. Satan will give you plenty of excuses. But listen, there will be no acceptable, no acceptable excuses when one stands before God in judgment. Unless one repents of their sin and believes on the Lord Jesus Christ alone for salvation, they will perish. Christ is able to save anyone that will look to Him, but He will not save anyone who will not look to Him. If you're saved... Let me ask, has Satan been using you and your life to further his cause? Sadly, a lot of folks will not come to know the Lord, and we'll take a look a little closer at this next week, Lord willing, because of uh, what they see. Are you living a life that's pleasing to God? If you're not, you could be the cause why someone doesn't come to know the Lord. You claim to be a Christian. Maybe you've been distracted and busy about things that really don't matter. Maybe you're living in sin and your, your life is the reason someone else won't get saved. Why not get right with God today? Don't let Satan use you to keep folks from going to heaven. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank You today for the...